are listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham. And we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? Well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things. If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Chrissy Dunham, and I am here with my co-pilot, Lisa Clark. Hello. Hello, Lisa. We have recently, (laughs) in the last month, month and a half celebrated our five-year anniversary. Can you believe it? Wonder po- no. Wow. Yeah. Who Holy. would have thought and the history <laughs> of this and how the Lord has been so sweet yes. throughout the whole process. And I loved being the women's minister at Prestonwood. I loved directing the women there and the woman that we are having on today to talk about prayer, because we're continuing our four week series on prayer is Maria Bauer. And I met her. She actually walked into a noontime Bible study. I was teaching and said, I'm just waiting on kids. I thought I'd come in and see what was going on. So that turned into an amazing God story. And we have asked her to join us today, Lisa, to talk about prayer and her prayer life. And she's also a person that fasts and she does it consistently. And I want to touch on that too, because as Lisa and I've talked about before, prayer is not my strong suit and my walk and fasting doesn't exist. So <laughs> just being honest, just yeah. being honest. I've tried a couple of times and, you know, did okay, but I need to work on those two disciplines in my life. So welcome to the podcast, Maria. We are so excited to have you. Absolutely thrilled and excited to be here. Anytime I can be with you, Chrissy, it no. just makes my heart happy and even better with your cohort. So I yeah. just praise <laughs> God for the both of you. You're just two amazing women of God. And, you know, Chrissy, you changed my life. So. You're sweet. It was, Tell us it about was, that. It was the Maria, Lord. How did that happen? Yes. So, you know, she made it sound nicer than it actually was. She didn't throw me (laughs) under the bus. But the reality was, is we were living in Las Colinas. We wound up at Prestonwood. I was raised Catholic. My mother was a nun for seven years prior to marriage. My brother, Knights of Columbus. I used to go to daily mass. I was Eucharistic minister. And for anyone listening, I went to places like Lourdes and Fatima and prayed the rosary on my knees. I was a hardcore practicing Catholic. And I just thought, you know, you other Christians were, you know, you just didn't have enough discipline, right? Mm. Wannabes. And, you know, I was a part of the one true church. And so what (laughs) happened was in the process of looking for a school for my fifth grader, we decided that we wanted a Catholic emphasis, actually. But the problem was the blessing was my husband went to MIT and he gave these kids these super smart brains. And so trying to also find the correct academic fit was a challenge. And I was in a Holy Communion class at a Catholic church when someone mentioned that Prestonwood Christian Academy had differentiated learning. And I was like, what? I've been on every website. I mean, I 
when I tell you, I knew the whole state of Texas gifted profile, blah, blah, blah. And I go to look on Prestonwood Christian Academy's thing for differentiated learning. And all I see are things about Jesus. And I think, well, that's good. You know, they're a Christian. They're going to teach, you know, about Jesus. But what about the school, right? So I start where I am at. My husband went to school with the headmaster of St. Mark's. And I don't mean this negative. This is just my experience. So I go to St. Mark's. And I don't find the saint at St. Mark's. And so I'm thinking, okay, that's not a Christian. So, okay. So I'm there and I'm in the planetarium and it's a billion dollar. I mean, it's just a gorgeous place. There's just nothing not to like about it. And somehow, because of this lady, I wind up who in the former head of school's living room. I'm in Larry Taylor's living room. Now, to go from the St. Mark's Planetarium to Larry Taylor's living room is quite different. And I'm in this living room, and he's talking about sending your children away to foreign countries to talk about Jesus. And I'm thinking to myself, why in God's name would I want my child, my heart walking outside of my body, to go to a foreign country and, you know, put himself at risk. Meanwhile, my oldest has been to Kenya. It's going to be his third time. Now he doesn't even go with the trip leader and he's 16 (laughs) and he's going to the Amazon and he wants to go. And I'm like, listen, you're going to have to start funding these. But anyway, (laughs) my point is it radically changed my life was Prestonwood. Mm. But at the moment that Chrissy and I met, she was an integral part because we're at Prestonwood And we're doing the differentiated learning. And again, because of my husband's brain and they were in a highly gifted public program, we needed a little bit more help for differentiation. And when the school came alongside us, I'll never forget it. And, you know, first I said, hey, maybe you should homeschool. And I said, you know what? Just like there's help on learning difficulties and, you know, we want fellowship too. You know, we don't want to be because they're smart. We can't have fellowship. They did a whole different academic thing for us. So I found the body of Christ at the school and God was working on that with me. But in the meantime, I was driving from Las Colinas and I was in Chrissy's Bible study. And I said to her, I am Catholic. I am not here to become a member of the church. I'm here because Wednesdays is early release and I don't want to drive back to Las Colinas. (laughs) And you had Bible study and, you know, she was very gracious. And I sat there and I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm just getting drawn in. I'm getting drawn in by Chrissy, just the light of Christ. And it's so funny because, you know, and I don't mean this in a, this may not sound nice. Chrissy, when I think of you, I see such a bold representation of God's love. I don't think warm and fuzzy. Now, does that mean Chrissy cannot be warm and fuzzy? Absolutely. She's got a tremendous heart, tremendously compassionate heart, but she's a strong woman. I felt so drawn to her strength and I felt drawn to her no-nonsense attitude and just drawn to her clarity, her steadfastness in her walk. And so it was hard not to like her and then learn about what she was teaching. And then finally towards the end, and it's so funny because anybody that knows Chrissy, if she wants to, she can be a bull in a china shop. I mean, she could just come out and lay it like, and she has told me (laughs) things flat out and you still love her because you just can't not love her. But she said to me so sweetly, she said, you know, Maria, I just, I know we have a really good thing here and I know it would be good for your family. And, you know, I just want to invite you to think about this church. And it was very sweet. And the thing that touched me so much was she knew how strongly I was embedded in my religion. Mm. And she didn't say like, you know, that's trash or you're evil or, you know, whatever. I mean, she would, she proposed the way that I believe all Christians should. The thing about Chrissy is party doesn't, don't stop. 
she shows the joy of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so she was saying, come with us, follow, follow him with us. Mm. We have a joyful walk with the Lord. I don't know a better sales tactic than that, to be honest with you. And I mean that in a, you know, the best way for every Christian listening, including myself, you know, when people see the joy of the Lord, there's no other selling point really. And so I just saw the joy in her and you just want to be a part of that. So she gives me this thing for next step. And I go to the next step and Preston Wood runs like a German clock. Now, when I say that, I mean, I just think I used to work at the White House. I was a Navy officer. I mean, they're just really efficiently well run. I still believe that. I'm sure there's the underbelly and things happen like everywhere, but they really do a good job. And, you know, they're on time and things work. Well, I show up at this next step and I think it's the only next step that has been canceled since creation, but it had been canceled. And so I'm there and somebody, of course, there, this was when we used to have Saturday night ladies. And so they said, oh, well, just come on over here to this Bible study, right? Now, God had been working on my heart because as a Catholic, I don't know why he gave me this crazy idea. I'm joking. I had this real feeling that I wanted to do Catholic. I wanted to do Bible study at my house and I wanted to do it with couples. So I was inviting my Catholic friends and said, hey, I'll provide the food. I'll provide the house. Let's just have, I didn't have that word fellowship on my tongue yet, but I said, let's just, you know, come to my house and we'll talk about the Bible and, you know, talk about the Lord. And they just looked at me like I was nuts. Like, why, mm. why would we do that? And one more day other than church, you know, and they weren't mean. I mean, these are good, solid people. It just wasn't their interest. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really understand that. And so I was craving that. So here I am at this next step that's canceled. I walk into a Bible study and I see the weirdest thing I've ever seen. There are women and men, and there's lots of people, couples, and they're all talking about the Bible. And I'm like, wow, I was just trying to get like, you know, a couple of people together. And there's a room full of people talking about the Bible. And I was so blown away because this was not church. And I had actually facilitated Catholic Bible studies before. It's not like I've never been to a Bible study, but the idea of on a Saturday night deciding I would rather be sitting in a church as a couple with other couples talking about the Bible was just an enigma. I just couldn't even process it. So all this is happening and I'm just praying about, I say, Lord, what is going on here? So we start getting more and more interested in this. And I remember I was jealous. I was coveting Chrissy's assistant, Laura at the time, because Laura used to also live, wasn't it Las Colinas, Chrissy? I think it was. I'm not sure. Probably. probably, Anyway, and she had moved closer. And I was like, I want to move closer. Right. So after the Bible study, I go home and I was jealous of Chrissy's assistant who had moved closer to Prestonwood. And I thought I want to move closer to Prestonwood. Plus I was driving from Las Colinas, you know, for the school to Plano. And so I said to my husband, I would like to move. And he said to me, we're not moving. I just paid off the house, which is a wonderful thing. And praise God. And I said, well, I would like to move. And he said, we're not moving. And this escalated (laughs) to a fight. So I said, okay, Lord. And then I was new at this type of praying, but God put on my heart and said, okay, we're just going to pray. I'm going to pray about this. And I prayed, Lord, if I'm wrong, please change my heart. And if you want us to move, please make Mark want to move. It is beyond what I can do. And so that was my first real prayer getting more Hmm. into this new life here. Hmm. And within a week, he started showing me houses in the neighborhood. And I could not (laughs) believe it, how God moved there. I don't know what happened. 
And actually later I did find out what happened. God said, well, you know, everything's about the market at the time, the market's this and that, and made him think, well, you know, your money's probably better in real estate. You know, so anyway, the point was he was okay with moving. So we moved. It was one of the first things. Another thing was I start reading the Bible and, you know, I had gone to daily mass and I don't know what the percentage is. I'm sure there's a scholar that knows between what we call the first reading, the second reading and the gospel and a Catholic mass, what percentage of the Bible that is. But I'm just telling you, I didn't know they were talking donkeys in the Bible. Okay. So <laughs> I'm reading the Bible and I'm reading about tithing and I go home to my husband and I say, we need to tithe. And he's like, after taxes or before? I don't know if you remember that question, Chris. Mm-hmm. He asked that a long time ago. It's <laughs> kind of funny. And, you know, not fully grasping the idea that tithing is about trust. It's not about, is it before taxes or after taxes? It's about your first fruits, which technically would be before. <laughs> and it's about, you know, your give to the Lord, trusting that God is going to use it and take care of you. And he always multiplies it. But anyway, so we started tithing that way. So all these things were happening. But in the meantime, Chrissy invites me to this thing. And so I say, okay, we're going to start going to the church. So we start going to the church, but it didn't count for me because I was Catholic, right? So we would go to the 11 o'clock service, and then I would drive to a five o'clock Catholic service. And I did that for about a month. And then finally, I was on my knees at a Catholic service crying. And I said, Lord, you have to show me, please, what am I supposed to do? And the next Sunday, when pastor did the altar call, five minutes before I stood up, I had a physical sensation and I had to stand up and I looked at my husband and I said, I'm going up. You don't have to get up. And he said, I was waiting for you. So we both got up and then my boys got up and our whole family went up. And then they asked me later, why do we have to get baptized again? Anyway, it was kind of funny. So but the <laughs> point was, it was a radical thing. And Chrissy is the, the one who invited me, who Every week poured into me while I was driving and telling her I'm not interested. Basically, I'm hanging out because I don't want to carpool back and just kept, you know, just loving on me and then invited me to the church. And then I go to the next step and it's canceled. And then that was God's divination for me to see couples, which was what I was craving for sharing the word of God, then, you know, making that transition, then the altar call. And, you know, it has just been like a runaway train since then, honestly, what God has done in our lives at every level. And I'll just give you an example. My freshman went to A&M and as he was leaving, I see him packing a small Bible and this is a new thing. And I'll be honest, like, well, aren't you Christian? Yeah. But, you know, he usually uses his phone and he says, well, you know, this one's easy to bring with me. And I thought, wow. That's the seed that was planted, Chrissy, with you inviting me that never Mm. would have happened. And the funny thing was, it's a Bible that I bought him for like eighth grade in man camp at Prestonwood because it had to be a small Bible because they were going camping. So it's just so much of a rich history. And I had nothing like that growing up. And I feel already I have a rich history just at my almost 10 years here it's just changed our lives. And now, wow. you know, every time we give, we can't wait to give. Like, I mean, my husband is such a cheerful giver, but, you know, volunteering. Like, I mean, when I look at, and I'm not, this is not a bragging thing. It's just when we look at all the opportunities we've had to serve, you know, we're just more excited. It just, God just keeps getting us more excited about the next thing. And then anyway, during all of this, I continue to teach my faith-based health and wellness program that God had called me to do and wrote a book and 200 something Bible verses. And in the meantime, because I had a lot of catching up to do, and many Christians do this for years, but I was new to it every year, I would read and I would listen to the Bible. I did both. I like to read and listen at the same time. First, it was because who knows the pronunciations? 
Then it became the intonations and the, uh, you know, listening to the Bible's got a lot of jokes. It's got a lot of sarcasm. It's got a lot of, and, you know, you don't really catch that unless you're really skilled at it in reading. Mm -hmm. So listening, you know, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So after about five times from this, and I don't know how you can't not keep reading and listening to the Bible and not be changed at the cellular level. So all this is happening. COVID hits. My mother has vascular dementia and I hear OS Hawkins preach. And he starts talking about how God has always used social distancing. This was during COVID, you know, and he talks about Elijah and when he goes to the brook and then the brook dries up and, you know, he said we would be, well, that, what kind of God is that? The brook drove up. But the point was you cannot worship the blessing was his point. It's the blessor, follow the blessor. And he read one of the verses and he said the most important word in that verse and it was about Elijah going to the widow, was you will go there. And he said, I don't know what your there is, but God knows. And so I started praying about, Lord, what is my there? And I had talked to Chrissy about this. Chrissy, I'm thinking about going to seminary. This is crazy. I don't remember that, Chrissy. And Chrissy gave me very wise advice. And she said, Maria, at this stage, you're better, you know, loving on people and telling them about Jesus than, you know, spending eight hours a day writing papers, but I still had this hunger and, but she was right. So there was a certificate program at Southwestern Baptist. I thought that's what I want because it was the same professors and there was homework and there was exams, but it wasn't as lengthy as a dissertation. I had already written two books at that point and 189 podcasts. So I'm considering that, but I wasn't sure. And my mom's dying of vascular dementia. She was not a believer at the time. She was still in the Catholic thing, living with a lot of fear and I said, okay, Lord, I am going to put out the fleece. And I didn't never test the Lord. I don't believe in testing the Lord, but I put out the fleece. I said, Lord, if you want me to go to seminary, to the Southwestern program, please have them contact me tomorrow. And this was like middle of the year. There was no reason for anything to happen. Three o'clock the next day, there's a text on my phone. I don't recognize the number. I look at it. It says, hey, we're just reaching out from Southwestern, blah, blah, blah. I oh, almost wow. dropped. I had to tell my son. Because I had to tell someone to hold me accountable, or I don't think I would have done it. And I knew I could never let him down. I'm always telling him about Jesus. And so I said, this is what happened. He says, mom, you have to do it. And I, was I like, love that. I have to do it. I knew when he said, you know, anyway, so I go do that. So then I get involved in biblical counseling. I fall in love with that. I go to Mid-America Baptist. I do their biblical counseling program. And God puts me in that world. And I'm doing that through women's ministry, eventually life recovery. All this to say is at some point I had parents start asking me what I work with their teenage girls. And again, I am not qualified, nor do I advertise that I work with students in that capacity or people under age. But what happened was the parents just said, you know, we want discipleship and that's what it is. And I am not medical. You know, I always say to people, if they have an issue, are you under medical care? You know, that type of thing. But when it comes to speaking about the Bible in biblical counseling, what I love about biblical counseling is it simplifies everything. And it says all suffering basically is based on three things. My sin, your sin, or I like to call the final category, our sin. And I teach this in my class under emotional energy. When I talk about emotional energy, my sin is obviously a sin I committed. Your sin is the sin you committed against me. Our sin is the sin I committed because of the sin you committed against me, right? And that's my favorite category because that's where a lot of people live. People would come to me also. I have, the Lord has put me in situations where I have counseled women that have been gang raped, 
two abortions, children have died, alcoholism, all kinds of things, uh, suicidal. Now, in every case, obviously, I say, are you under physician's care? You know, they have been through licensed counselors. So let me make that clear. That's not what I had nothing to do with licensed counseling. They were under appropriate care. But the thing was, they had to forgive somebody and they were struggling because they couldn't forgive themselves. And even though these people had been born again longer than I was, they didn't understand that they could not forgive themselves. Otherwise, what was the point of Jesus hanging on that cross? And so I explained to them again, what was Jesus doing on that cross and asked them those questions. And they realized, well, either if you are a Christian and it wasn't me challenging them in a negative way, but if you are a Christian, then you know that Jesus died on that cross for your sins. That's right. Can I come in real quick? You are like drinking out of a fire hydrant. That's what I love about you. You are so knowledgeable, so wise and all of that. We just have five minutes left. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You are just fine. I just wanted to let you know where we were. A touch on your current prayer life and how fasting comes into that in in just a little short amount of time. Yes, ma'am. So through biblical counseling, I studied spiritual disciplines and spiritual disciplines are either abstention or engagement and abstention, obviously staying away from things and engagement is being involved. So just one of the abstention disciplines is fasting. And I got into it for health purposes because it was good for brain health. I did not originally get into it for the spiritual discipline, but once I recognized the power of it, I like to call fasting a gateway drug as a joke, meaning it's a gateway to the other spiritual disciplines. And I will say this to anyone who's listening about fasting. When I was Catholic and I would fast for an hour, it seemed like 10 because I didn't know how to fast. And so I teach people how to fast. And it truly is a matter of what are you ingesting when you're in your fasted state? And that's why I teach faith versus weight. I teach them the way to do it so that they are able to go longer. And it's not just because they're able to go longer and fast for the health benefits, which that is biblical. There's many health benefits to fasting. It's because when you start stripping away, you're left with my sin, your sin, and our sin. And you start having to deal with those things because you're not constantly distracted by food. That really is truly one of the things fasting serves. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And I, I love the way to look at that. I do a little bit of fasting, but looking at it that way is a whole different aspect. And I did not know about the abstention and the engagement. And so that is really interesting. I love the way you, in your prayer life early on, basically said, God, I need you just to show up and answer the questions for me. You know, I need Mm -hmm. you to do this. How has your faith grown in that are you still praying prayers like that? Because those are bold prayers. Is that how you pray? Yes. Okay. And my faith, I'll tell you, it's actually my number one spiritual gift on the chart. It's off the charts because God has shown me so many things. And I'm like, yeah. I can't even question you. Like, let me just like Job, let me put my hand over my mouth. I'm not going to go to heaven and say, I'm going to ask God, blah, blah, blah. I, my hand will be over my mouth if I'm still standing. I'll tell you right now. I do not question God. Mm, that's good. And then don't we all do that? Don't we question him? Why? Why is this happening? And then behind yeah. that comes complaining. And then it just one thing leads to another. 
I will yeah. say, I can't say I don't complain. My husband's heard me complain, but I can't. Well, complain. that's just our <laughs> yeah, human yeah. aspect. But you know what I mean? Yes. One thing leads to another. And yeah. sometimes it starts with being mad at God. And I know a lot of people that are mad at God for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say there's n- there's never a reason big enough to be mad at God because God has you in his hands. He is in charge and he's going to get you through whatever. I'll it say is. a quickie thing on that. Please do. Some people are mad at God is they have a photograph in their mind. They're not looking at the whole movie. Only God knows the True. whole movie. Yeah, that's he only right. works all things to the good. He works all. That's things. right. That's exactly right. And I always say, Lord, do whatever you have to do. Do whatever you have to do to bring people back to you, to make your kingdom bigger, all the things. So your whole story is not about Chrissy Dunham. Your story is about a woman that was in a ministry that prayed every day, use me this day, this Mm -hmm. day. And he chose to do that with you that day. And then he took you the rest of the way. So to our listeners, just an easy reminder, it's an invitation. It's an invitation and it's living your life the way God designed it to live. When you get up and you're in the word and you pray and you are filled with his Holy Spirit, he will do these things. He will use you to change lives. He's changing the life but he's asked you to extend the invitation. So Maria, we love you. We are blown away by who you are, who you become, and you will always be a special lady on my spiritual marker. So thank you for joining us at The Wonder Podcast. Love you guys. Thanks, Maria. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. We are thrilled that you've spent this time with us just want to say thank you. We also want to make sure you're aware that we have another podcast called Raising Sinners. It's on the Christian Parenting Network. And we would love for you to join us there too. If you've got kiddos or know someone who does, check us out at Raising Sinners, the podcast for parents. And lastly, Chrissy and I also want to just thank those of you who have been so generous to support our podcast ministry. If you're interested in doing that, we would love for you to go to chrissydenham.org and click on the party table. You can make any size donation and all of those proceeds go to help us with our podcast ministry. So if you've done that before, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to check it out, please do. So God bless you. And thanks again for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Mm -hmm.